0: What's going on, everybody? We have a first on the show today. This is the first time we have an actor. He's also a musician, political activist, uh, all around just really interesting guy. His name is DeAndre Bush. You might also know him as Visk. So we have a quick advertisement from Anchor. And then we got about, uh, I don't know, it's a quite long interview. I think an hour and 18 minutes talk about all sorts of stuff. Don't miss it. Let me know what you think. All right, you ready? Yeah. Let's podcast. So we are live on Collins Conversations. I'll let you introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are, how you got here, and a little bit about what you do. All
1: right. Um, my name is DeAndre Bush. Some of you may know me as Vis, i um, I'm an actor um, with the School for Media Arts Digital Filmmaking. As you can tell by the accent, I'm not originally from Cleveland, I'm from Alabama. Um, so I've been doing acting for a while and music is just a, a side thing for me to do, express my emotions to vent, just like people who write or do spoken word poetry. So I've been in Cleveland about nine years and I really like the music scene, it's very diverse, much different from Alabama <laughs> where it's just just one plain type of um, genre basically, trap music and stuff like that. Um, so, Cleveland's a good place just to come and really get that city vibe. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to like bigger places like New York or Los Angeles, like Cleveland's like that nice little pocket where you can learn how to hustle, how to start businesses, how to interact with different cultures. And I'm here today with Colin and you'll learn a little bit more about me. Awesome. So, let's kind of unpack that a little bit. What brought you from Alabama to Cleveland? Um, it wasn't my choice personally, but. Um, it was family reasons. We had some personal stuff going on with the family, intermediate family, so we had two choices, either go somewhere further up in Alabama or come to Cleveland, and we already had family in Cleveland,
0: so it was a smart decision just to come straight to Cleveland. Gotcha, so there's family here. It wasn't kind of just like throwing a dart at the map and you're like, all right, I landed in Cleveland. I guess we're going to go meet Cleveland and put on brown sweaters. <laughs> Not a Browns fan, but I see where. it. How'd you come up with your rap
1: name? <laughs> you got know, it, it's the most randomest thing ever. I didn't use a name generator, but I was like, I want something kind of weird but very short, so people can remember or They can just type in really quickly. So I was trying to, I was using like see Drake, five letters. I was like, but I want something different, unique. And I was like, hmm, Cisco got a very nice, interesting name. So I was trying to. Think of something that fits around this theme, I was like, hmm. So I was on my computer just coming up with different names, like little Dre, like, I decided to be done too many times. And I had like my Visa card right here. And I was just looking at it, I was like, something like Visa, they got like four letters. So I was like looking at it, and I looked looking at the computer and I'm like Cisco. Dre Four letters would be good. Not like this. Alright, people I was like Visa. And I was like Cisco. So <laughs> now I was just going back and forth and I was just like, it just came Visk. I just took like, the Q from Cisco and I was like, just remove the A. The like, V I S Q, I was like, like it, it's short. I was like, how do I pronounce that? And I was like, these People like Visk Q, they love saying Visk Q. Like, I was like, Visk.
0: Visk. I read it like this. So, I don't know. I guess maybe I just don't agree. But kind of like, you're, you're, you're almost laughing at your own logic, but I'm taking one step away from that and you're thinking, thong songs and money <laughs> who doesn't like you know kind of it comes together
1: build, build and them I and mean, you put it together it might work out and then you, which is for a tip for artists if you're going for a name make sure you search and see if there's like any other like trademarks or if somebody already got that domain name right. on social media could they, if
0: nobody got it that you know that's a good name true that and if, I would take one thing with that too, if you are just starting a persona, make sure that you go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, five other big ones, and make sure that it's available on every one. So it's not visc here, visc underscore here. To make one name across the board, it makes everything so much easier. Uh, I took that logic from before I started doing social media, I knew domain names. One of those if, why would I start a company if... Lawn's for Less wasn't what wasn't available. Which I did by the way. lawnsforless.com for was taken when I started Lawns for Less landscaping. <laughs> so I ended up with launch for less biz, but in my head, Ooh. it worked out because you knew it was a business. Yeah. Opposed to, you it's know, domain, though. <laughs> it, it worked for ten years and it kept me employed. So, you know, yeah. it, it got people there and once they were there I made sure everything, you know, was in line and it worked out. Um, so you I think you hit it on the head right there when you said that you do music to kind of vent and show your feelings. I mean, your music has a lot of feelings and everything. And that's how we got here was I put up a post and it was kind of just like, hey, I'm looking to review some music for ColinKanope.com. And I think same day I had an email saying, hey, it's DeAndre, you know, <laughs> yeah. I got this new project out. Can you check it out? And of course, you know, any, any... It's amazing how many times you offer that free service, of like, hey, just trying to look and expose people, meet new stuff, and people just don't respond to it. But then they'll pay $100 to go get some likes or whatever. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying to give you real content here, you right. know? Um, so when did the music thing start? Uh, I think I was about
1: 14 when I actually first started doing music. Mostly I was just doing like poetry, just writing stuff, like, for my creative writing class. And... The area where I was from in Alabama it was like a real small country town. So anything that's like outside of the box creatively was looked at as weird or like kids were always joking, and bullying. Oh, he's a nerd, he's a gay, <laughs> blah, blah, look at this. <laughs> so basically, I just write my stuff down and some of the local kids like used to rap outside after school. They used to always like watch them interact, whatever. I was like, okay, it's pretty. Easy. <laughs> I'ma start, you know, making music. So they was like, "Oh, Bush, you can't rap." He's always calling my last name Bush. They thought I was related to George Bush. For some weird reason. <laughs> Must be because you guys look identical. Yeah, very identical. And they're like, "Oh, Bush, you can't rap. Bush, you can't do this. You can't do that." So whatever I try to do, whether it's sports, basketball, uh, music, playing instruments, they're like, "Oh, you can't do this." I was like trying to. Bring me down, so I had to fight through that, and then eventually, after you know a couple of school fights, <laughs> I heard my respect. And I was like, "Oh yeah, Bush, cool, yeah, yeah, you do this, you do that." I was like, "Oh, last year you was saying all this shit about me, blah, blah, blah." But so I think fourteen from, all the way to now, I've been doing music consistently. 2013 was the first year I actually put out an EP. I put it on Soundcloud I didn't really like share my music because I didn't know how it was going to be perceived and I was like uh maybe my music a little bit too weird or some people may not like it and it was like right before like that big wave of like Soundcloud rappers came out with all of like, the weird different type of music I was like fuck oh, I <laughs> that wave but I just shared it with like my media friend they're like you know you should promote, promote it you know put more out there so 2015 was the first year I actually like fully promoted, like, right after I was out of school and I just, alright I'm going to promote this, do my acting, I'm going to do music, just to showcase my skills,
0: because you never know. Right. And uh, I'm really interested, I've got next to no musical ability. I know I listen to music, I hate dancing, but like I'm always listening to different things. I'm always interested in the creative process. It kind of sounds like you like to do both the lyrics and you're making your own beats, or do you kind of find beats from other people? How does a typical song normally come together? I use other people's beats. Mm-hmm. I have tried, like in the past, to make. I made like a
1: couple of beats, but it's was pretty uh, standard. Right. Um. I would say the process is I find a a producer, would lets you use the beat. For profit, right. and you should give them credit. So I listen to a couple of them. Now I usually find like a smaller channel where we just network and just build that type of uh, relationship. And then I listen to a couple. I'm always writing stuff. So whenever I come across a beat, and if that beat fits into like any one of my writers, I'm like, okay, I can use this for this. Even though it's an older song, I, I think I can make it work. So. I record most of all my music on my laptop. I don't really get like a home studio. I just have like the microphone laptop and I just go edit. Right. Um, I went to a couple producers in Cleveland. Um, Scott's Studio is a pretty good one. Shout out to Scott. <laughs> um, Britt Fox Studios is another one. She's a very good engineer. Lots of experience and I just like Even if I don't go to them all the time, I just like supporting like those businesses because I know how it is. All right. Just to even just do like one song with them and then go to another producer, do another one. And it's just how
0: you build relationships. You got to network, you got to talk. Recording people that are in Cleveland, if you're looking kind of just to kind of branch out and find different sounds, Ty C. Um, Ty C, we're still waiting to get you on the show. Uh tessie's a great guy. Okay. Kind of as a musical producer, the only complaint anybody's ever come up with being me, being I anybody. He, he's Curried done, yeah, oh, he's I done some things with him. Um, um but I, I talk with him a little bit. Gotcha, okay. yeah. Go go work with him. But that dude, my only criticism is he makes shit sound too clean. <laughs> like it is, c- yeah. kind of you, you hear somebody singing or whatever and you're like Dude, they'll never be able to recreate that. You know, like you made them sound like a motherfucking angel. Yeah. You know, but um, him and then Adi Ray of Invasion Studios, do you know Adi? I don't think I do. Uh, they're over at Maple Heights, that's another one. I heard of the studio, uh, but. Yeah, they're blowing up studio-wise. I just saw him on Instagram today saying they're getting so booked up, you know, this kind of building up a waiting list, which is always a good sign. Yeah, uh, that's really Curly cool. Chuck does a lot of recording over there. Okay. That's why I filmed uh, the Curly Chuck interview that came out last week, this week. He's probably taking up all the studio time. Probably- <laughs> <laughs> no, he says he's too busy. He's not doing really like he used to. But it's always a packed house. I've been in there to do the interview with Adi and uh, curly and it's every time it's like 20 people you know got a couple guys working got a couple guys hanging out got a couple guys getting ready to work it's nice. uh but again kind of the same way any business gets busy you know Adi will all those guys put out such quality recordings that you know i can get in there for 30 40 bucks an hour and make a banger like of course let me get yeah. in there opposed to paying some guy that who knows how much money he wants for who knows if he's going to do it like right. they're Again, there you hear people sing and you're like, how are they going to re- recreate this? You made them sound like eight different levels of themselves. Like, it's yeah. amazing what the guys that know how to use these programs can do. But definitely check out surfated.com. Okay. Um, that's a producer out of uh, somewhere in Texas. But he does a lot of, uh, almost every beat that you hear on my podcast Lately, is it come from him or freebeats.io? Is another good one. Same thing, like you're saying, kind of give give credit for them, and you can use any of their beats for commercial use. Um, we kind of touched on it. I hate how artists kind of sit on stuff. How do you know a song is ready to release? Uh,
1: <clears throat> I said it's probably like one of my least traits that I'm still working on because I'll write something i be like, I want to release this right now. This is, this is amazing. And then I'll sit on it or I have something like something that's really kind of old. It's been out for like written like two two or three years ago, and I'm like, I guess I'll just add this to my new project. That's how when you was um, critiquing, you probably like, well, this didn't really seem like it fit the theme because I slid that song in. I just I like, can finally get it out. Stop right. like procrastinating. Um, as an artist, sometimes this some people like to get their stuff out sooner than later some like to wait until they get like the buzz or something behind it, which is smart for like a marketing standpoint. You just gotta bridge that gap to know when the right time to release it and when to sit on it. Cause you just never know if one song may blow up mm-hmm. off of impulse or another song may take three years to blow up. Like this is one artist, um Saint Night Lavelle. I don't know if you ever heard it. it's like a UK rapper. Like, you never know when
0: yeah, just gotta I think go. that's one of those kind of, people are st- still thinking with that old-school mentality of, you know, oh, I gotta build a buzz, I gotta do my press kit, I gotta do blah blah blah. That was 100% accurate, I think, before the digital age, but now with the internet, like you said, I personally, as a marketer, would consult and recommend to just about any creative, as soon as you have it done, put it on the internet. Because, like you said, one day, somebody might see it and the quicker it's there the quicker that avalanche that that tumble can kind of mm-hmm. happen of share share click or if you have it even if you don't think it's polished and ready if you put it out there and critique is like this half ass blah 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 <laughs> you know it's not ready but maybe somebody else is like this is great yeah and what about music are you always going to be hip-hop or are you going to kind of go try to do different genres <clears throat> in music or i have um
1: dabbled with like different genres like the the main would be like hip-hop you know, like i'll try to find like some metal sounds into it or like some electronic. like i like diversity time my music just like i do my acting mm-hmm. and it just you become a better artist once you listen to like other types of music and reach out to other fans because that's where the, the money's at like if you got just one set like your whole life, you're not pulling income from different types of that's why Drake is so successful because he went into like pop, he went into reggae, like he went into these different avenues and that's how you become a really successful artist, just to, like you don't gotta do a whole album. Mm-hmm. Just like metal bass or whatever. Long as you just bring some of those sounds in, like a genre blending type of album, I think you have like a huge appeal to everybody
0: um so let's go into another thing i like to do how confident are you on your own music could i could i fool you on your own music yeah go ahead. Um, something i do with a lot of musicians lately is called the lyric test oh. where <laughs> i play a song and i stop it and you have to finish the line if you don't i get a point if you do you get a point um i want to win we're only going to do three songs just for the sake of time purposes all right um i'm going to go some of your newer some of your older and uh, we're going just off of what's on iTunes, Apple Music. Because that's the only yeah. one I get my monies to. <laughs> so let's go. Are you more confident on newer stuff or older stuff?
1: Nah.
0: Doesn't matter? Let, no, it let you do. It. All right. I already kind of alluded to this, but this became my favorite song this afternoon. <laughs> uh, so is there any any story behind uh, Real ne- Recognize Real? Uh, how, how did this song come to fruition? Most of my songs comes together kind of weird. Um... That song in
1: particular, it was, uh, how can I put it? There's like a video I was watching, I think it was, um, I can't remember the group name right now, but they got like these psychedelic type videos. And I just like playing with like those colors and just coming up with different types of, like my music, I come up with different types of characters for these moves. Mm -hmm. So if I'm having like a, a really happy day, I'll track this character that got like this inspirational type of, vibe or if I'm a bad day you might hear something like that romance love type shit and I like bringing my acting to my music so for that one particular I just imagine myself as like this character in like this psychedelic LSD type of world because I've never done LSD <laughs> but just the effects and I just wanted to bring that effect into music so you can like feel have a feeling of what it is without mm-hmm. actually doing it
0: uh, LSD is the topic of the uh, the podcast lately. Cur- Curly Chuck, the last episode, he loves LSD. He said if he was a drug, he would be a LSD. Yes, sir, and uh, there's a clip coming out soon. I forget when I got it scheduled of uh, Curly Chuck's tips to tripping. <laughs> it, it gives us the full one-two on everything you need to know in case you did decide to try a little tab nice. or whatnot. Uh, shout, so out that's Curly. shout out to Curly Chuck. He was a great guy to interview. Um, I met him at uh, Scuff Nixon's birthday party, first time and kind of. Hey, so <laughs> right yeah, it was it, it was a it was amazing barbecue. Uh, Name dropping time for the barbecue. Kipstow, you know. Frank, I heard of Yeah. New Franklin. Mhm. Um. Let's see. Like. I heck, like his music. I checked them out like. Okay, oh, I like Luke, this. Yeah. Nuke is insane. I got I got Nuke. Uh, you watch this stuff. You need to drop that. Uh, what is this stuck on my ass? Drop that song. We got great content behind that. Drop that shit. <laughs> That's the roughest shit, dude. Like. Podcasting is great. You kind of get that behind the scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. Different musicians kind of let me preview a little bit of stuff or you send me with good reviews. It's like, hey, you got something coming out. Let me get it. Let me get a review out for you. But things like that song or Scuff Nixon has this uh, psychic vampire. You're not waiting until December. Put it out. You know, it's you're like, you hear these things and you're like, how could they just sit on this in the vault? Like, you got this in the vault and you're like, yes. not, re- not ready to put it out or whatever reason. You're like, I know there's logic behind it. But you're like, man as a fan. I love the sound. I don't know the difference between it's fully mastered and 80% mastered. Just, you know, shoot it out and let me get it. But uh, yeah, Nuke uh, is the actually, the, we're about to get into the lyric test, he's the only one that I've fooled on the lyrics since I've done this. Mm-hmm. That well, no. I, 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 went de- I went deep enough <laughs> in his archive. Like, I love Nuke Town and apparently that's not his favorite project. Like I went deep enough in his newer stuff like was just fresh on the brain and, it was great. Kip was on the on the couch, like, off-camera, and, mm-hmm. like, the third one, he's like, I know this one. You need help? <laughs> uh, but uh, Kip is actually going to be on the show pretty soon. I'm looking really forward to that. He's a, one, another one of those where, like, he's been on the radar in either scheduling or whatever, but he's got a new project coming out. Um, so we're going to kind of help try to promote that with the podcast. Without further ado, though, let's get to the lyric test. Uh, this is off of Metamorphosis. <sighs> This is uh, 2018, so it's kind of fresh, kind of not. Party at for the One girl,
1: I on the Let's see. We'll go a little bit further in. They got a lot of pauses in this song. <laughs> <laughs> Party at nine for the f- with with some Party for the fun freeze.
0: One for one. Right on. Let's go to uh, something about Voices in My Head. Let's see, what's your favorite song off this project?
1: Mm. I would say Voices in My Head or Demons in the Rain is like my two. But Demons in the Rain is like my most
0: creative one. So let's not go with those. <laughs> <laughs> See there's, there's some logic in my question, let's try it up, <laughs> up the ante on this one. We're going to go with press play. Uh, is there any stories behind this or is this kind of just a fun song? What's What's behind the door here? That
1: one was actually a girl, well, a, a female that I met um, at an Airbnb when I was in Los Angeles. Mm. She was just happened to be there when I was getting in and we chatted up, started you know, talking. She was pretty cool. And then press play happened. Right. So Between I'll press play. All right. All right, we better do some fun days with Destiny sleeping what? We gotta take out the two Okay. Love the fuck the parade. Wearing them jeans, washing this wing. Um uh, she's the queen looking for a king. Wearing them jeans, watching this wing, she's the queen looking for a king.
0: Two for two? And uh we'll go with something off the <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where like <laughs> People always get kind of nervous when they're on the spot and it's a test, but like, you wrote the test. <laughs> you know, you can't get much easier there. I'm, I'm an actor, I always got to be prepared. Um, let's go here. Let's go. Uh, if anybody needs to know anything else about They Can't Stand Me, ColinCanHelp.com has a great review. Well, I think it's great. We don't know. How, to, how How did you like the review? I liked it. It gave me constructive criticism
1: because I noticed the mistakes before you forwarded them out, like the intro. I was like, oh
0: yeah, I did try this thing, but it was too late, alright, I released it. Right? Yeah, it's one, I used to hate grammar, like, in, in middle school, high school things, and then once I owned a business and started designing flyers and things like that, yeah. like, grammar and spelling has become, like, my wife hates me. She'll be in the middle of, like, trying to scrape you out in a text, and I'm like, wrong there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, I can't help it. Like,
0: You're an asshole. I'm just trying to help you. Right. You know? Um, but I'm glad you said that because every review that I try to do, I always try to musics all music's not for everybody at the same time and yeah. things like that, but there's good and bad in every artistic thing and it's obviously subjective what you think is good what I think is good completely different things but I always try to to this is just what it is like this I have no foolful opinion you can, you can get that at the very end, but like. This is, you know, a more rap song. This is more creative song. Kind of, oh, this is good. This is good. This is bad. I wouldn't do this, you know. It's kind <laughs> yeah. of, and again, I'm not the musician, but as somebody that does marketing, as somebody that listens to music, like, that ear is different than the creative. But if you put both those together, I think that's how you kind of make mm-hmm. classic stuff, you know. Yeah, that's what I like about your review like
1: like, if you review it you have like this way that you see it then somebody else may review it have a different way exactly and that's how I think like people should make music to have like different perspectives'cause like even the artists may have like an abstract ideal of what they want to paint but then other people are like oh I see this in this painting or I see this in this painting right mm-hmm. and just getting that constructive criticism is is good so future artists don't take it as an offense it's not a personal attack. Yeah. Take the
0: criticism, learn it from it, build on. And uh, let's go from this one. Are you woke or awake? How did this one come? That was yeah, I know it. You you know this one off the yeah. bat. Are there, are there any good stories behind it, or any uh, behind the scenes things people um, should know? For that one, it was more so just
1: like looking like around your your surroundings, like how the world is you know is going right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of my work is kind of abstract, but if you really like see the like, type of things I'm putting together, you like okay, I understand where he's trying to. Right. I like putting the music like in the, uh, basically pulling the listener into this character's shoes so they can see
0: this world that's around them. The, kind of. I listened to the uh, to this project first before I listened to anything, or before I even realized you were an actor. But once I realized that you were an actor, a lot of more things made sense to where. Like you said, you're trying to pull people into different characters where a lot of it isn't the most, what am I trying to say, polished music, but mm-hmm. it's kind of gives you that, if you follow the words of what you're saying, and I think I put this in a couple songs for the review yeah. of if you follow it, you're like, all right, this dude's clearly trying to paint a picture, and it's a vivid picture. Kind of take yourself away from him just trying to bob your head to like actually listen to it, and it's kind of just like... The, the audible storyboard of what a, a video or a music or even just a full short film would be. That's what um,
1: <clears throat> Anna from cleveland.com said when she reviewed um, that Voices in My Head
0: one. Mm-hmm. Same thing, yeah. So let's go into Are You Woke or Awake? The more I became so great, I understand
1: things don't break. Hey, I don't hate the now. Is it worthwhile? Can't even see the hate, man. Can't even Watch see me know. out, right? <laughs> hey, I don't hate the now. Is it worthwhile? Can't even hold the hate, man. Blood, is at the rate. Decode the destruction of a superhero. Corpse speed, catching bullets <laughs> and making zero. I <laughs> understand planning, leaning up the henny. Said they gonna kill me. <laughs>
0: Killed it. Three out of three. You ace job. Vizc University, congratulations. Um, on the music tip, let's plug this back so we can actually get real. Record. Did I do it backwards? And I started with the most recent and kind of went backwards in the chronologically. But that's what that's what I like, though. That way, be like, oh, he just this type me, like, oh shit, this is way much different. <laughs> I think I put it in the review I did for yours of kind of listening to it gave me that feeling of kind of there's quality here. This isn't. polished polished yet but like two or three more albums from now or two or three more projects or kind of the collection of you know from The Face of Many to Metamorphosis to Voices in My Head to They Can't Stand Me like I, I guarantee of those four there there's at least one or two from each project that's downloaded to where you know by the time you get three or four more of those if I go with one or two, I got 10 songs of this that are like, all right, these are my everyday listens, you know?
1: That's what I like for people. Like, you at least find one song on any of my albums that you would like. Right. And that's what I like because then you can have like a piece from everything. Absolutely. You just make it like a collection. Yeah. Um, you said you're doing all your stuff yourself. Are you Mac? Are you PC? How are you recording? I use on PC because that's what I have. I have a Service Pro. Um, if I did have a Mac, I would love them. use Logic and all those other programs. But yeah, PC.
0: One of my favorite segments is, what are your top three apps that you use in a given day? Hmm. Uh, Robin Hood, Instagram.
1: It's a toss up between Twitter and Facebook because I'm all, both of them. Same. Uh, I say, I
0: say Twitter. So you're doing stocks and building your brand. It sounds like it's what you're doing throughout the day. Uh, Those that don't know about Robinhood, Robinhood is great. Uh, Colin R84, if you wanna sign up, use that code right there so you can get a free stock, I can get a free stock, not sponsored, but they do get free stocks and it's free stock trading. Um, What would you say about Robinhood if you had to give like a 30 second explanation of what it is?
1: Robinhood is basically a streamlined process where you can invest in stocks and cryptocurrency just like the big ballers do, and you don't need a lot of money, like you can invest with, like, two dollars. So it's not like you gotta put your whole paycheck into, like,
0: a stock, but it's real simple, on your phone. And the big thing is, it's no fees for buying and selling, so no fees. You know, if you go to Scott's, you know, Scott Trade or something like that, yeah. and you, you buy a stock for ten dollars, it goes up two dollars, but it costs seven dollars to buy it and four dollars to sell it, you need to get a double up before you make any money. Where yeah. with Robinhood, you buy a three-hour stock, it goes up to three fifty, you can cash out right there, mm-hmm. and you're right there. Did, have you seen that Cash App now has stocks? I have. I saw the, the cryptocurrency. More. The, the, it's going to be interesting to see how that affects Robinhood because with Cash App, you can do fractional stocks. So the other day, I bought like twelve dollars of Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah, that's you know that's, a- you know that's <laughs> not going anywhere. I had twelve dollars to put somewhere. I, I had I think I had. Uh, yeah, I found out about it through Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan is my my Oprah. Okay. <laughs> all that I'm doing here, I'm trying to be the Joe, Joe Rogan and the Jamie Vernon all in one. Okay. And kind of, and I want to be the guys from JRE Clips and clip all my shit out and kind of go that route. But that's kind of like the blueprint of like 10 years from now. That's where Collins Conversations is going to be. But I learned about that um, this Cash App thing through them. And I was like, perfect. I just kind of logged for somebody. They paid me 40 bucks to Cash App. I was like, let's see what it's all about. You know, so I went it's and bought... Crazy. Like 15 different, a couple dollars here, a couple dollars there, and the only difference from Robinhood is as soon as you sell, uh, they take like the government tax out. Like, yeah. I think I made like a five something, and just to kind of see how the selling and everything worked, I think um, there's like a one cent tax or something, which, you know, yeah. what, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. But to be able to buy a fractional of, you know, Facebook is a couple hundred dollars a share, Apple, Amazon is two, what, two grand? A share or something like that so if you can kind of just get in at a couple dollars each week and keep throwing it at it like it's a brilliant thing cash app is amazing it's passive income what's your favorite form of passive income
1: hmm favorite well stocks is definitely one of them um have you been the stock trading long i think this would be my second year like i knew about it well, like in 2015, like mm-hmm. right when I was still in school. Um, I hate breaking this up because
0: I was thinking about Bitcoin before it exploded. I I, I kicked myself so often when Bitcoin was first. I, I used to sell computers at Micro Center. Uh, 2000 was that nine? Mm-hmm. Like what? You know, seems like ages ago. But back then, I knew about Bitcoin because there's all the nerds around everybody. And at that point, it was I don't know, a couple of dollars. It was affordable but the only people that were using Bitcoin were drug dealers and criminals on the black market. So and I was, like, I was I was so afraid to buy a Bitcoin because I was like, that's gotta just be like signing up to say, hey, I'm a criminal. And then, you know, five, 10, yeah, was it wasn't now, 10 years go by, if I would've put $5 and I would've been a fucking millionaire. But I was afraid to be labeled a criminal. <laughs> that was, um... I
1: had $100, I could have got it in Bitcoin, and it was still pretty cheap. I think it was around 20 or 19 a share. And if, I, if I would put put $100, I could have had at least four shares. I could have just sat on that. But I was, it was so many articles like, oh, Bitcoin's going right. to crash. All these fear marketing articles. I was like, oh, I don't want right. to lose $100. I still need
0: this, whatever. Yeah, I, I took a hit with the, the Robinhood app. I invested in. Uh this is what I love about podcasting. It starts about music and show We're like, oh, let's do stock. That way I got more footage for Colin to help. instead of Kyle's conversations. Yep. And then they're like, yeah, this dude, perhaps he does music. I the investing advice. Amazing. <laughs> but uh, the, the weed stocks, dude, they killed me. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one of those, you know, it's a booming market. And then there's, uh, I'm not going to say the name of them. Just because I hate them. I don't want to give them any type of publicity. Aurora. But is that No, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not. That's one of the big ones. Uh, canopy Trust is who it is. yeah. yeah. I bought only like 50 bucks worth, you know, not not a lot, but at the time it was like four or five dollars a share. That fucking weekend I bought it, there's a big story about they were, uh, I forget if they were just growing too many plants or if they were selling their things on the black market still and I'm like, <laughs> come on man, it, it dropped like 80% in like a month and a half and it's one of those like, on the Robinhood app it's still listed as a buy, so they're, you know, like yeah. eight, eight out of 10 analysts or whatever say it's gonna come back, but like, that's the hardest thing of, nowadays, being able to just do a live thing on your thing, on your phone, and it's like, oh. They say you're going to come back, but I'm looking at a negative $50 return on you. Why did not go with more of this stock or that stock? You're right. Um, I first started when I, I wanted to do, like, seven different segments with this podcast, because I had no idea how much fucking time I was involved in doing the podcast when I first started. And one of them was building a, building a portfolio on 150 bucks. I wanted to do a daily, like, investing type thing. Um reason I stopped doing it is do you know how boring of content it is when you're doing those slow like 20 cent gain sell buy whatever you know Uh, (laughs) yeah just pretty much like every other day trade you know like hold for two or three days just trying to find something that goes up 10% so you could buy something else Um, but within kind of it's amazing how I used to be really interested in sports like I'd be able to tell you this you know Indians are here, Cavs are winning this, blah, blah, blah. Now, I know nothing about that. But you're like, like oh, what do you know about Disney? I know they're down 14%, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, it's amazing how, like, as you grow older and you're like, I used to just buy weed. And then you're like, oh, why was I a teenager buying weed where I could have bought weed stock that would have paid for anything I wanted to do if I bought it back, you know? Right. Like, it's crazy how some people have that mind of like, all right, let me, I'm, I'm buying buy $10 of Pepsi instead of buying $10 of actual Pepsi. You know, it's amazing how many people with Robinhood, with Cash App are still afraid to kind of invest in themselves and buy stocks and kind of diversify their things, and that's it. What is your song, I should've done better research, I should know songs, but you have one one of your newer ones on They Can't Stand Me where you have two or three different dividend lines. Yeah, I think you're the only rapper that I know of that's talking about dividends and cash flows. Hey. In, in, in a way that's not just like money, 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 house, house, house. You're like, no, I got dividends, you yeah. know? Would you do you invest in stocks that don't have dividends? I do. Um there's
1: UGAS, I don't know if you heard of them or not. UGAS. So like the natural gas. Okay. Um so UGAS and this one brand called naked. They do like intimate like underwear and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Those are watching pretty close because is like four cents right now. Gotcha. But like the volume is like ten million. So like people they like manipulating the the, the market, but <laughs> like if that goes up to what Lulu is, that lemon, Right. The ridiculously expensive pants. Yeah. <laughs> and if they shoots I have like six hundred and some shares in naked at four cents a share. So that goes up to like twenty
0: dollars, like that's a couple grand right now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you like kind of going with that risky kind of penny stock mentality opposed to going with the, you know, the, the big names. I have did a couple. Like when I was really like investing, when I had
1: like the money. Um, Nokia, I was doing Nokia. I was doing um, most of the big names I do like day trading mm-hmm. just so I can get that quick money instead of like right. buying like $100 worth of shares. Um, get a couple from microsoft when i knew that was gonna go up get a call and right. got it pretty good got a 200 return i'm like yeah okay nice <laughs> one day you gonna lose like 200 like fuck. it's supposed to go up but um those were the ones i'm watching close because you gas goes up when it's cold outside and you gas um goes up when it's hot so people play those like every year summertime, wintertime, winter time so I don't know how bad this one is going to be, so it's a very bad one make a lot of money. Right. It's a very nonchalant one, I still make some gains, but... It's a much better idea than going
0: out snow plowing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, lately, like like you said, I, I, I kind of like to find those ones where a lot of people are like, oh, why do you want something that's going up and down 10% every other day, because if I hit it, if it goes down 10% today and goes back to where it was yesterday, I'll sell it tomorrow and make 10%. Okay. <laughs> pretty pretty easy profit and i used to love gambling where i said i used to be really into sports i also used to love going to the casino like roulette and craps was my shit like if, if i could just go in and i realized it was probably like a like, year i didn't lose like i would lose like i would, I would very conservative gamble you know i take 100 200 bucks you know play the five ten dollar tables and kind of they hate me at a craps table. I'm always playing the don't pass. Which, it's amazing at a casino, people get mad at you for playing the don't pass. It's the smartest bet on the entire craps table. They want you to blow that money. They're looking at, like, me putting my chips here is gonna affect their toss. Like, no, I just throw your dice. You're gonna hit a seven. You're, you're gonna win money, you're gonna laugh at me, and then you know what you're gonna do the next time? You're gonna not get your point. And then you know what happens is I, my $5 chip turns to another $5 chip. I do that 20 times, I $100, <laughs> you know? So like I just never lost, and then I hit this streak where I just couldn't fucking win, and then I was like, why do people gamble? Like this is the dumbest thing I've ever done.
1: You always said it when you lose money, when you when you're like, oh yeah, I'm just, I love
0: gambling, I love it. right? And uh, I was one of the rare people that I know that actually would like, be honest. Like when I come back, everybody says they won when they went to the casino. I was like, no, I, 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 you know, I would never go to get rich, and I think that's the key where a lot of people fuck up is. Yeah. I would go with 100 bucks, and if I could go to Erie, you know, it's way better than going to Cleveland, in my opinion, just because I like the casino better. So I could go, as long as I get my gas to drive there and back, get some food, get 20 or 30 bucks in my pocket, what better type of vacation is it to go get free <laughs> food, free travel, and come back with 30 bucks?
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. What's your favorite casino type game? I oh, usually play the
1: machines. I'm not much of a... Oh, uh, not the machines. You gotta, that's <laughs> complete rape right there. You have no, no hand in the game there. Yeah, they are pretty bad, but I, I don't like spend a lot of money, but I could probably see like $20 just for the machines. Right. Sometimes I get lucky and I come out with like 80 dollars but it doesn't happen like right. consistently. I'm
0: like, fuck you, Juleby. But um, I always tell people, they're like, oh, no, you gotta play the slots. That's where the jackpot's at. But well, you think of every casino, there's what, 8 to 10 table tables yeah, and 400,000 slot machines. If you were a business, which would you do more of? The things you made money on or the things you might not make as much on? Right. They're still making their money, but yeah. you know, like, <laughs> there's no reason there's 8,000 slot machines. And you see the old people, too. They, they got their <laughs> cigarette, their gas tank, their drink, and they're just pulling, pulling, pulling. You're like, excuse me, ma'am, you just, you just won $400. What? What? (laughs) You didn't even you didn't even enjoy the win. Like it's just a rotary motion. They're just so used to until that pack of cigarettes is gone, their money is gone. Then they gotta go home. I only want ten dollars. Like you have (laughs) you Pay attention. Right. Um, What is the biggest tip for you to start a conversation? Uh, Clearly, clearly you're not you're not afraid of being in front of a camera. or or meeting somebody new. What helps you meet new people? Get those icebreakers in. Mm
1: It's different for every person, but for me personally, since I dive into like so many different topics, mm-hmm. like I can just fit in like any <laughs> role, but basically just, just talk to people. Like people are just so afraid. Oh, I won't say afraid, I would just say. Hesitant, I think Yeah, hesitant to just say something to somebody. I know everybody got their headphones in or like they're on the phone or doing whatever, but if you're like in an event, Especially be like a creative event. Mm-hmm. Just go up to a random person where they're just standing there. Just like, hey, what brought you to this event? Like you never know who may be at that event. Right. Could be an agent. Could be a sponsor. Could be a successful businessman a woman. Like you just never know who you may find. You just go up and just talk to them. Even there, if even they're not even no paying you no mind. Right. Even just those few words, they were like, hey, I remember that person from this event. I'm gonna chop it up. Basically just being the action that you wanna see.
0: Kind of, the, as soon as you said those things, what came to mind for me was your, how I envisioned your engagement with Nicolas Cage, of kind of, you see a big celebrity, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, that's <laughs> that guy, you know, I'm afraid. I'm a nobody, but the blah He was like, oh, hey buddy, how you doing today? You know, just kind of just, and he'll see that, and anybody sees that, they're like, oh, they gave me eye contact, they made a gesture. At bare minimum, I'm gonna say, hey, and keep walking. Or next thing you know, maybe you're in a movie and just doing whatever it is that you never thought, just because you opened a door that yeah. people would've just been like, oh, it's it's not open, it's kind of turn right. Right. Has there ever been a time where you weren't this comfortable and confident? Kind of, you said it seems like when you were in Alabama, you were kind of insecure about at least your creative sides. Yeah. What got you through kind of overcoming that those insecurities? Uh, Besides the fighting. um. (laughs) Pick a couple (laughs) of asses, and you know things are a little bit different.
1: Um, I would say once you find like your your tribe, that's when you can finally like, okay, there's other people who. See the, the world the same way I do. Um, I would say I didn't really start expressing myself publicly until I came to Cleveland. Like, it was just such a, a new place for me. So it was just.
0: That whole kind of just, you had to rebuild yourself. Place, of, yeah. nobody knew anything about Alabama. Like, <laughs> it's Cleveland, <laughs> me, man. I got this. But
1: um, it's just more so just growing and learning to be yourself. Which is ironically by uh, name my next EP that I'm going to release. I don't know when, but it's called It's Okay Being Yourself. All right, It's Okay Being You. So even you just feel like, oh, I'm weird or feeling this type of way, there's somebody else who's exactly like you in that sense. And it's just be open. Tell people what you like. Tell people like, you know, it's just so much stigma with being yourself nowadays like sometimes you be like oh yeah they made it because they're just being real they're just being themselves mm-hmm. you don't got to be fake to make it you know be yourself and you can just get that organic growth just from being yourself because somebody else sorry, there's a whole industry that's for everybody
0: absolutely yeah there's a thing that goes around on the internet that I think I really take especially doing what I do just I spend so many hours editing video and fighting guests and everything Where it was, uh, create what you create, because you never know who it inspires. You know, I I could put out a clip, that clip you just put there, I could have an idea that, oh, that's going to inspire people to go make music, but it might make somebody not want to kill themselves, or try something new, or, you know, it's amazing, like, the interpretation of your art could have so many chain reactions, and I think, even if it's not a monetary thing right off the bat, you're like, oh. That, that guy at the party is like, Hey, are you Colin from Colin's Conversations? And you're like, I'm a fucking celebrity. There's four people that know me, ever. But you're like, Aren't you that guy from the internet? And you're like, It's that cool thing. And you're like, Oh, cool. the time that I'm putting in, like, eventually what I'm doing is going to snowball. And mm-hmm. like you said, kind of one day everybody hits that peak, and then you're like, Oh, this guy's been doing it for 10 years. Look at yeah. He's got a thousand episodes I can go through. I love his show now, you know? Yeah. It's amazing how that snowball could happen. Mm-hmm. Being an actor, how do you get acting? work if somebody is like yourself and wants to start acting what do you do to go find different roles or get into different projects? Well I would say for if you are in Cleveland
1: area the best way to do is go on Facebook and there's a lot of um, casting agencies that post daily looking for especially if they're like films in town Mm -hmm. so right now there's two films in town Cherry and the Untitled Fred Hampton Project and that was on both those sets as an extra and Angela Bohm is somebody you should go to Facebook and look up at as a friend she's a casting director um, her, Lillian Powell's, Marcy Rowan so it's like a, about four different casting agencies in Cleveland and they're always looking for people for commercials, movies, short films sometimes music videos and they're all paid so that and also um, just network with like Tri-C students, CSU students, cause like people in the film classes, especially their seniors, they need like actors for um, their final projects. So you can just go and audition. Then that leads to something else because uh, most of my roles that I got, it was from people that was like on previous sets that I did. And I was like, hey, I sent your um, your headshot to this one director that I'm working with on this one film. They're like, Are you available? And I was like yeah <laughs> go ahead see my picture and that's how i know i was
0: working with nicholas cage for that dog eat dog movie I, I just i haven't watched it yet that's on my that's on amazon right that's the one that's yeah. on amazon prime but what, what was that like working were you just hand in hand with those guys or kind of just on the other side of the set what was it like working with big names it was it was surreal in a sense um because
1: i was a feature extra, side. i was like only for that one scene but it was so weird. And How you, did you, did you were in a
0: scene of like uh, some stripper yeah. or something. There's a Not whole strippers. And like ten <laughs> seconds, this still had more action in a movie than like most people that are like actually <laughs> named characters.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Cause um, I wasn't originally supposed to be in the same room with Nicki Minaj, wonderful doing the tapere. Mm-hmm. It just happened by. I was like, hey, we need you to come here for a fitting. I went in to the building, and one with the desk she was like, hey. Are you here for the fitting? I was like, and she said, Hey, you here for the movie? I was like, Yes. So she like, Go in there to the room. So I'm thinking this room is leading me to the fitting room. Right. I go in, it's like a long table. A couple people getting like coffee. I'm, I ain't think too much of it. I like, Maybe it's like a waiting area. So I sit down. <laughs> Next thing I know, I see Nicolas Cage coming through the door, bare belly, tattoos on his arm. Hey, hello. everybody. I'm just staring like, Holy shit. Nicholas Cage! So I'm just looking at him as he's walking by getting his coffee He looks at me, hey how you doing? I'm like, Nicholas Cage just acknowledged me This is going to be good And then they sit down, other people come in Willem Dafoe come in So you got the director sitting right here Nicholas Cage, Willem Dafoe, and I'm right beside Willem Dafoe So I'm just like, holy fuck, this is amazing So I'm having this table read with them And before we got started I told the director like, um. I'm here for a fit and I don't think I'm actually here for the tail but he was like, oh, you can stay. Yeah,
0: yeah, just, just stay. And I was like, okay, cool. This is going to be pretty right. good. So what's it like having dreadlocks? I've, I've never had them and I probably never will. <laughs> well, I call them locks. Locks? Yeah. Um, I miss them. Very much so.
1: Um, it's much easier. Well, I take it back. You think it's much easier just because you got your hair locked up and you can just wake up and just go but you still have to take care of your hair, you still got to moisturize, you still got to you know, go to the barbershop or salon, whatever you choose and you know, really get that um, dense clean in your hair. So
0: you go bald, you know, you just wake up and do whatever you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that why you ended up cutting them, started thinning out and decided not yeah. or just want to go a different look? It, that has to be a hell of a day where you're like, I'm going to cut this. <laughs> well, I did it slowly
1: because I knew I was going to cut it eventually just because my acting. Because I don't want to be like stereo um, type, cast, type cast. So I was like, I'm going to just do the size first and just do some trendy looks. And there was a movie that came to town. This was 2017, I think. Yeah, 2017. And I could have been in this White Boy rape movie and they wanted me to be like the, one of the Curry Boys. It was like one of the gangs in the movie, but they wanted me to cut my loss at that time. I was like, uh, <laughs> I'm like cutting my loss with that low pay, like right. they had to pay me a little bit more money than that they me to cut my hair. So they, it took them weeks, of going back and forth, but they had mentioned it with somebody else, I'm like, damn, man, that would've been a you know, nice, just to talk with the director and, the director really liked my look, and he really wanted me in it, but the pay just wasn't. Right. To like, cut it, I was like, "All right, this probably gonna come up like in the future, sometime that's right. this gonna
0: happen again." So like, I'm gonna just do the size and then eventually just cut it all off. So, and, and with that, do you have an agent, or do you plan on getting an agent, or just gonna keep going through word of mouth and build your way that way? I'm non-union right now,
1: and for the ones who don't know, non-union was just basically just your, your own entity. Um
0: <clears throat> I haven't really looked for agencies because a lot of Asians, they want, you
1: know, they gotta make money. So they right. want somebody who got like some type of following buzz and buzz behind them. Um, None here right now, but I know once I get to like LA or um, Atlanta, if possible, if I can just get into that SAG uh, membership. Screen Actors Guild? Yeah. It's like, Three thousand something for it, but if you get a net, then you can basically like get the same work as those big nine time actors.
0: Just mm-hmm. kind of you pay that fee and kind of just put your name into the hat to the yeah. casting director that's like, oh, I need somebody for this. And it's and like you have people who are like
1: adding you for like different roles, so so you don't have to do it yourself. They can just oh yeah, I submitted you for ten of these films, and if I hear something back, then that's how. That uh,
0: SAG after stuff work. Um, Ohio's kind of I think the little articles I see aren't we kind of trying to do more like tax breaks and stuff to kind of yeah. bring more big films and stuff in? Yeah they passed a the recent
1: uh, law and that's why you, you got Cherry and that Untitled uh, Fred have to move here now because of the tax credit. Well, the problem is they're not hiring <laughs> any starring actors but like, I guess since they're just bringing jobs to Dayton I right. guess it, Helps, but don't see them actually getting like a big production here, though. Right? It, it probably will come, but no time soon. I see it happening. Like, you have a lot of casting agencies, um, but a lot of them are like for extras, and some of them do commercials. But they're like, you have the background casting agency, you have like the other ones who will find like commercial work for you, but those are like kind of a hit and miss, like, they like you. They'll hire you but right. or represent you, I should say. But if they don't really like you or if you're too green, then they're like, ah, try again in another couple of right. months. But LA you got like so many different filmmakers from schools, colleges,
0: universities. You just yeah. seems so just like more I think you're oversaturated out there, but there's also a lot more funding out there. So it kind of like yeah. balances out that saturation and kind of allows talent to kind of get through, right? Yeah. So the last ones I got for you, if we'll pick this into a split question. If somebody wanted to check you out or say, wink, wink, somebody like a podcast was helping promote some more of your stuff. If somebody could only watch one of your acting projects, what would you have them watch? Or if not only one, what would be that introductory of you to make them a fan?
1: that's two of them.
0: But, um, only, only one. <laughs> if
1: you have Amazon Prime, I'm sure many of you do, there's a movie called Banger that was shot here locally in Cleveland and it has some big names in there, you got Pinky from Friday's in it, um, it's a lot of, you know, B-list celebrities, I'm in that movie <laughs> and I have about four or five scenes in the movie, I was a star, it was a star of road a road. check that out on Amazon, it's called Banger,
0: B-A-N-G-E-R. Um, what type of parts do you like, you kind of do a little bit of anything that comes your way or do you really want to go drama, comedy? I think I can
1: fit pretty much into. I'm a pretty um, versatile actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really love fantasy. Like if I get a, a chance to start like in a fantasy movie where I got like a sword and some type of magic that's dealing with, it, I'll kill it. It's <laughs> villain or protagonist, whatever it may be, I, I would love to do, um, fantasy. Um, I have done a couple of comedy like short films, so I do that pretty well. Um, I think the one you would probably least find me in, probably be a romance, but I think I still can play it off well, but that probably be the least one that I want to do. But fantasy, comedy, thriller, action, those are like my favorite. Gotcha. You
0: also list that you're a cinematographer, is that kind of what got you to uh, get on YouTube and start making videos both of music and getting into acting, or was that because you liked acting that you wanted to get behind the camera? A little bit of both. like. Acting was the most consistent
1: thing like growing up that I wanted to do versus everything else, but I also love how movies were made and shot and just that fantasy world, just to create whatever type of world that you want. Mm-hmm. intrigued me. So I wanted to uh, try to see Metro Campus for media arts and digital filmmaking. So just so I can get that knowledge from behind the camera and also in front of it so I can just flip-flop back and forth. So that's how I got into, you know, shooting music videos for other artists in Cleveland
0: and doing other cinematography work, so. you like shooting music videos, short films, movies, TV, because you've kind of done a little, either been on one side of the camera or the other, what's your favorite medium? I do love being behind the camera, just,
1: just seeing how everything comes together. And I think cinematography is more so my favorite versus like directing, just because I get a chance to frame how I want everything to look. Mm-hmm and I do like directing, I do like editing, but
0: more so cinematography from behind the camera. Did you learn more in film school or just kind of on a video set? What's a better learning environment for you?
1: Well, I was easy because it was more hands-on just mm-hmm. like CSU where you got like a big classroom. CSU was like, not CSU, but tri was pretty it was small, like one to 15 students in the class. So I think I got more experience behind the camera, definitely. at HIC because I was getting the actual professional cameras, and we had to go out and shoot stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was like for our grades. So I'll say for filmmaking, yes,
0: definitely see. If you could blow, if you could blow up in one of your mediums, whether you're you know big name rapper, big name movie star, but you could only pick one, which way do you go? Definitely acting. Yeah, famous actor or successful actor. And would you rather be TV actor, movie actor, short film, what, if you had to pick one niche that you were just going to blow up? Film, yeah. Full length? Full length film, yeah. And how many years until you foresee that happening? Yeah. I always look at everything. If you have to figure out how to reverse engineer it. If, if you had to reverse engineer, how long is it going to take you?
1: To be to who Or just to be in that industry?
0: All you have to do is make those movies. You have to do no other jobs, no nothing. Um, that level of success. Just pick the projects you want. I would say about four or five years. And are you going to relocate to do that? Or are you going to have to move out to California? Can you do Can you do that through the Ohio scene? It's like a
1: very low percent chance to hear it, because they only come here for extras. They don't really come here for like Star and
0: Rose. So I have to go to like Atlanta or Los Angeles. Um, what is your biggest tip to either an actor or musician that's trying to promote themselves on social media? Um, don't be afraid to put your work out there.
1: i say it's the biggest one, because a lot of people are afraid to really express themselves because they don't want to be like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ridiculed? I guess you can say ridiculed, yeah. But I don't want to feel like they're just in this corner, It's like, dang, everybody thinks my stuff is weird or um no some type of stigma. Just it's okay to be yourself. Promote yourself. Put your content out there because like that's gonna lead to something else. Like there's always there's millions of people browsing these social medias. Like you right.
0: never know who's gonna hit you up one day. So just don't be afraid to put your art out there. I, I would definitely agree. And uh, yeah, I'm in a lot of because uh, again I. Have the Collins conversations. What Colin can help is the other brand that I'm working on, getting, getting out there, and that's more of just marketing, consulting, digital services, things like that. And it's amazing in the in the different podcast groups or blog groups. Oh, what do I do to build traffic? How do I get the audience? In? You know, like I, my favorite is, I want to start a podcast, but like, why are you making excuses yeah. when you could make content? <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing. Like I kind of I think before we started rolling, really, I touched on it. It started out. It's uh, put away, but I had this small little tiny gorilla tripod with that cell phone there that would sit on a table in front of a guest. And then I got to from there, because again, I I knew I was going to do it. I knew that podcasting and video things were where I needed to be for my marketing stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't have the money for that camera over there. I didn't have this laptop. And this is all a year ago. But each week I had that, then I got the $20 tripod. Now I'm not on the table. Now I'm above the table, right at eye level. I could do a swivel if I'm behind it. I got a lot more capabilities there. And then a couple episodes in that, I was like, the the sound sucks.
1: Like, the video is on point, but the sound is
0: like, I hear everybody around me opposed to that. So then I got the Shure MV88 plugged right into your lightning port, multi-directional condenser mic, Mm -hmm. which we could be in the middle of Starbucks, and you're hearing you and me and not all the other crazy stuff. I mean, a little bit of that, obviously, but like, that sound quality made a difference. And, you know, a couple months went by, I got the camera, I got the laptop, and... As all those things come together, I notice each each thing. Today we got the lights. Everybody, let me know how you like the lighting in this clip because just learning lighting. Um, But I think it makes a big difference in a tiny little test. I've got to edit it. But in the (laughs) hour before you got here, I made an unboxing video of this. I got the full room almost set. And next thing you know, a small little room in your house is a full fucking studio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't start because, oh, well. Where do I record? How do I record? Just try it. If it works, cool. If you don't like the way it turned out, try it different. Or yeah. talk to somebody like yourself. Like, hey, you do acting. Like, how do I be more comfortable in front of a camera? Or you do music. What do I need to use for recording equipment? It's yeah. it's amazing how many people just are afraid to ask that question. And I think that's why it, this was originally the Colin Help podcast. Way too many fucking words. people didn't remember it, it it didn't roll off the tongue anything like that, but that was also when it was kind of just started off with me just reading blogs of what I wrote and kind of just making the audio version, because I'm a huge believer everything needs to be in any medium that you can, it could be a graphic, a text, video, audio, like people learn different ways, and if I could have all my stuff on different, the similar message on any type of medium that you want, it's game over, you know? Mm -hmm. Whether you're an audio guy, you're going to have my podcast, and you like to read, Go to the blog, but it was that, and then I was like, "This isn't working. You know, it was, it's boring as fuck. <laughs> Who wants to read it? Who wants to listen to a guy just? Oh well, this is uh, walk for a dog app review. You know, pretty edge yeah, talk about it. By but come on, doggy, let's go. But then I realized getting guests is the biggest thing. Is yeah. Not only does getting a guest for your podcast create that much more content, it's not just what I want to create, it's whatever you said spurs a thought that i never had before. But then you got about 2,000 on Instagram, I got about 2,000 on Instagram. Everything that I put out from this conversation then has a 4,000 person audience yeah. for the both of us. One of those is like, oh, I want to talk to that guy because he puts everybody on. He finds quality people. He might know somebody for me to talk to or they're like, wow, that guy had the exact look I was looking for for a role. Yeah. And then all of those things align, and next thing a like, year from now, you're making music with Ticey and Nuke, and <laughs> I'm in a film as an extra just because you're like, hey, <laughs> they need a funny looking white guy. Can you get down here in 20 minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I start winding it down here. You are the reason I spent about two hours today. Like I said, I always listen to Joe Rogan. But because of you, i made sure to go back to like a hundred episodes ago when Andrew Yang was on. Um, yes. So that I could not be completely retarded <laughs> knowing that you are the number one pro-Andrew Yang rapper ever. Uh, you actually have uh, at least two songs, is that right about Andrew Yang? Three. Three?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what is it about Andrew Yang that you like?
1: Uh, I, was, I started by saying that I was never really into politics. Like 2008 I voted for Obama. But it was like, it wasn't really for the policies, you know Black like, man, president! Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but, earlier this, couple months ago I was just on Facebook and I saw this ad It was like, Asian man running for president wants to get every adult thousand dollars a month I'm like, the
0: fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, is this a clip? <laughs> I was like, I like it! I clicked on the video, watched a couple, I was like He's making sense I'm like, I'm gonna go on YouTube and see what's about him like he really got me into politics and just like really like dive into like politicians um, policies how they affect everyone and the whole spill and I just if you're gonna vote check out Andrew Yang. Like, I'm telling you like, there's over 160 policies that you can look at and see how it affects you but just think as a creative person an artist or whatever you know, media that you do what an extra thousand dollars a month would do for your business. Are for your artist budget, like all those people who need that money to fund like their albums or you know equipment that you need. Like that money will help jumpstart the creative arts industries like tenfold. So I think y'all should you know go check him out, come part of the Yang Gang. Yang yeah, yeah. Gang. I got three songs on YouTube about Andrew Yang and one of them went mini viral. It's like six thousand views on Twitter and like. Three hundred retweets. Did he, did he retweet it? He didn't. That's what I was hoping. For, like, oh, he got it. Do this now, but
0: didn't see it. Eventually, he would. Just was keep sharing. It'll see it eventually. Yeah, he will. Um, I when I first heard the idea of universal basic income, which uh, what, what's he calling it now? The dividend. Freedom dividend. Freedom dividend. Yeah. Um. It sounds asinine, you're like, people are, like, as a business owner, I'm like, people are already lazy as fuck. <laughs> like, you give them an extra, granted, 12000 is not a lot to live on, yeah. but, you know, you could live in a place like this, pay half the rent with the buddy, and pretty much not fucking go to work. If you just wanted to, you know, pay your internet, and have some cheap food, and, you know, just kind of play your games, if, if that's what you wanted to. Yeah. Like, I think that's just the cynic, but then, today when I was listening to him on Rogan, like, alright, so... Yeah, that's a fucking 1.8 trillion dollars or whatever they need to fund that. But if you could not have, you know, as much going into Medicare and all these other things, which are kind of, to me, wasteful. You know, I'm I'm not political at all. But if I were to say I'm political, I go more libertarian. Kind of just leave the fuck alone. Let me do my thing. <laughs> cut my taxes as much as you can. But like, let's not be addicted to everybody. You know, like we could help them, let's help them. But I would always go Gary Johnson. I'm always about the kind of the. They got no fucking chance, type candidate. But I like Gary Johnson because he actually had plans. Yeah. Like, you might not know where Aleppo or whatever they made fun of him for during that election was, but you know, you're campaigning 18 hours a day, and some moderator says an acronym you're like "fuck" does that mean, or a city in the middle of nowhere? You're like, I don't have all the security briefs yet, but I got this is what I'm gonna do for this, this is what I'm gonna do for this, or even a Hillary.
1: Yeah.
0: I didn't like her. But this is what she's going to do for this. This is like, if you have a plan, let me vote for you off your plan opposed to just your rhetoric or Mm -hmm. anything else. Where the the crazy freedom dividend, but then you're like, oh, all right, well, he has a point. If you get a thousand, I get a thousand, like you said, think about how many more creators will come do the service that I'm looking to sell them for a thousand dollars a month, which is ironic. The exact, my fee for full social media content management would fully be covered by every person that's making anything at that point which for me that twelve thousand dollars for free could be a hundred thousand dollar income to do exactly what i'm looking to do where they're taking it from other people and some of his things are he's a little out there but everybody's out there you know yeah do you think he's got a real chance
1: i think he my prediction is it's going to be down to him warren bernie and probably joe biden It's like the
0: last four, Mm -hmm. still ahead and him. Then I'm taking that down to two. I'm calling him and Bernie, most likely. You think final two? Yeah. Yeah, because
1: most Bernie and Wayne Yang is like the only ones that has like plans and like how to pay for stuff. Right. Like Warren, like she has like craziness (laughs) all day. She's there like in the rim, like what needs to be changed, but like as far as like paying for things, like Mm -hmm. she has no. Same with Joe Biden definitely has no clue. He's just riding up Obama's name. So
0: like if you had to choose either Bernie or Yang, like those are the two that's like most progressive. Do you think they'd be smart enough to kind of they're very similar on their policies. Do you yeah. think kind of Yang for president, Bernie for Vice, or vice versa? Do you see that happening? It's possible
1: it's just there's like a lot of clash between mm-hmm. the two campaigns, especially on Twitter. But like I'm writing something now to put on Medium where it's like, hey, just look at the, the similarity these two guys and just focus on that rather than like the differences. Because Gang was a Bernie supporter in 2016. Mm-hmm. So like most of the stuff is just Bernie's but improved to fit the 21st century. Right. Yeah. It's
0: it's also interesting to me because I gang, gang this <laughs> <laughs> call you. <laughs> but it's amazing to me too with politics. Myself I'm guilty of this as well, so I can kind of call myself out with this. But we're in the information age where it's never been easier to learn more things and do more research and everything else and uh regrettably I never even made it to the polls yesterday just because I knew I was so uninformed I and mean, I just for whatever reason didn't take the, I, I personally think you're better to not vote than to completely like just pick a name <laughs> so and, and just go circle boxes. Because <laughs> at that point when that guy does get elected and ruins the world is like fuck. <laughs> and I helped him, <laughs> you yeah. And you know, like I always make sure when it's a national one to actually take the time and do my research and things like that, which yeah. is so backwards because it's the local things that make more difference. Yeah. Um. But with politics, you're a rapper and and everything else that you do with politics. How how can you get more people into Andrew Yang or to support anything in politics? Because it, clearly it's an important thing. We're kind of lacking. Yeah. Um, it's like
1: a huge oh, like. False um, information, with politics. that like most people think that their vote they vote don't count or right. they're like there's some type of like rigging in place where like there's no point me to go vote if, you no know, they're gonna rig it whatever. I, a lot of it's just fear mongering, just so people wanna show up to those ballots and actually, you know, vote. I think the best is especially at local level. Like you if you wanna see change like in Cleveland, you want to see change. Like, make sure you go and research these people who are sitting in, you know, the houses of these um, Senate, Congress, governors. Like, actually research, see what their policies are, see how they affect you and everybody else, your family. And I think if more rappers, like, you only gotta drop like a a whole song about <laughs> right. A campaign, but just like, just throw a couple lines in there that's like politi- politically charged, just so people can be like, mm-hmm. I heard a slip something in there about Sanders. Okay, I thought he was just this type of rapper, but I see he got you know, right. some intellect behind that. And I just music is filled with so much. Um, I mean, everybody likes what they like, but
0: like drugs and like. right Overdoses
1: like so much like stuff, and of course that has its own lane, but just If you're gonna do that, we throw some policies in there or some business stuff or just something just so people can Get fed that type of information because like even they're not paying attention They be like, dang, I remember that one song that blah 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 said that mentioned this and now I'm paying attention to it it's just if I guess politics isn't really looked at as cool in a sense, especially with the younger folks. Um, but I think it's going to change this this time around because more and more high school kids, especially the climate change stuff, like you can drop a few lines about climate change, you <laughs> might get on Time's Magazine or something like that can really prepare your career, like different different areas and reach
0: you know powerful people who own these agencies and stuff. Right? Yeah. Like like you said, if Not do a whole, you know, this is my Democrat album, but you know, to kind of instead of just you know selling drugs and the economics of that, if you could figure out how to stay on a corner and not go to jail and flip a profit, you could also figure out how to go to Robin Hood, type in your or my code, get (laughs) a free stock, and then turn that into more and more and more. It's kind of just take that trap hip hop fun vibe and throw dividends and Andrew Yang. Really, I mean, it's kind of what you do to then also got on my radar to be like, oh, this isn't just a fucking SoundCloud rapper. That's just like, <laughs> I got Xanax, I got Hose, I got it all, man. And you're like, oh, I want to have this guy in my house and, you know, have a full-on conversation. But when, when you can see... You can't dress
1: like they just just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, yeah, this guy really is all over the board. I mean, I do at but, uh, you know, to kind of have that, that substance also then makes you more marketable to not just do music. Yeah. Like you said, you drop medium. I was ready to wrap the thing down. I'm like, fuck, is he gonna have a book out now too? (laughs) As you do, (laughs) as they are writing a novel. (laughs) I'm I'm writing, uh, I've got one book on KDP, um, Amazon for sale. It's a a Google Analytics study guide. Uh, Beginning of the year, I was kind of doing more stuff with authors, because as the marketer, I was like, all right, the more authors I could put on, i was in the amazon just got in the amazon affiliates program at the time so it's like if i could promote their books maybe get some amazon pennies out of it i could help them no author or musician understands how to market themselves in my removed opinion you know it's 2019 and most of you guys don't have fucking websites of your own
1: yeah
0: i think you're included in that in that group aren't you i have one it's just did did i miss it is it is it not is it not easily found my main one is my DeAndreBush.com.
1: gotcha like, I don't have, like, Vist.com could have another company overseas own
0: that domain. Fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were doing nothing with it, but... But you know what, I man, it's one of those, a lot of people think with social media that everything's like, oh, just go find me on Instagram, go find me on Twitter, but then if I could just then take that, that's great, but if Instagram goes down, you can't do anything. If Twitter, not saying that these big, huge entities are just disappearing, yeah. but what I've kind of geared myself towards is... Still posting on all those couple times a day, but saying, "Hey, here's a snippet. Go to ColinCanHelp.com for the full thing." Because once you go to ColinCanHelp.com, if you were to go click any of the advertisements, I'm to get some money off of that. Post, you can click my shit all day on Instagram. Yeah. Could build up 100,000 followers. It's not making me any money. <laughs> you know, like it's kind of working through the funnel. Oh, but back to books. That's what, I forgot how we got off that. I was working with authors and they're all doing the KDP, the uh, self-publishing thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, to really understand how to help them with this process, I kind of have to go through it. I don't re- read hardly any books. I'm not really, that's not how I learned. I'd rather either do the audio version or watch it or whatever. Yes. But I was like, all right, I gotta do it. And one weekend I went and passed all the Google certifications just to kind of help build my marketing brand. And I was like, there's no reason you have to watch as many videos as you do. So I just went through and every question and answer I put into kind of a statement. So I wasn't, you know, stealing, verbatim of what the test was, but if you read all my statements, you're going to get 100% on all these tests. So then I've actually sold 55, I think, copies. I don't hardly ever promote it or anything, but by... That's from affiliate marketing, right? uh, No, that's just from people buying that book. Ah, yes. Um, I'd actually almost make more than a penny, I think, if you were to click my link and then buy my book through my link. Trying to figure out how to piggyback on those, you know. <laughs> um, I'm all about that. Like, hey mom, are you ordering anything? Well, right. give me a heads up, you know, let me uh, send you a
1: link. I'll be sending to my <laughs> friends. I'm like, yeah, I ain't going to be buying nothing on Hol-
0: Holidays are coming up,
1: everybody. I got a share sale account. I can make a commission of it.
0: Right? Uh, the one I got now on uh, ColinCanHelp.com, I think, I hope will do well. If I can get people to keep looking at it, is, uh, I think it's 8 or $10.00. I can get maximum off of it. You buy an Amazon gift card through the the little you know, text box. Yeah. How many people are buying Amazon gift cards for the holidays? So if I could get enough traffic just to come to my site and then see, oh fuck, I do need a gift for mom, Amazon Prime. Or that's that's what it was. It wasn't a gift card. It's if I could get somebody to sign up for Prime, it's like eight oh, or ten dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which everybody wants there, everybody has Prime. So why not get the gift? me help me out so I could put that money into making more content you still get your prime account everybody wins yeah and people hate Amazon <laughs> for some reason a lot of people think it's like scams like, oh, that's scam. Yeah. And you're like no it, it costs you nothing extra yeah I make money and it allows me to do what I want instead of have to go do the other jobs that I don't want to do so how I end every interview I'm gonna get up and kind of refocus this camera I call this the digital soapbox it's your way to end the interview on any any way that you want to do whether you want to go promotional inspirational. payment. Closing <laughs> statement. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> I'm a politician now. Andrew Yang, tight <laughs> Close Closest
1: down. How Nation. many uh, seconds are Oh, uh, you get one minute. One
0: oh, minute. Yeah, that's definitely a the statement. Use all of it, half of it, whatever you want to go. Start whenever you're ready.
1: Um, thank y'all for watching Colin Can Hell podcast. Shout out to Colin for having me on today. Um, a lot of you may have seen me around somewhere in cleveland because a lot of people said it to me like i've seen you somewhere before because i'm literally everywhere um if you are an actor don't be afraid to reach out to me on just on my social media instagram particularly deandre bush you can just type me in to find me if you have any questions um i pretty much do a little bit of everything creative art so if anybody out there want to collab on something or just need some advice i'm open to do that for you um, if you aren't into politics make sure you, <laughs> you research your politics also go check out Andrew Yang Think like about what a thousand dollars a month would do for you um, but please follow me on my Instagram, Twitter, DeAndre Bush check out my music V I S Q. you can find me on YouTube literally I'm everywhere on the internet so you'll find me somewhere <laughs> either you just type in Viz or DeAndre Bush
0: perfect. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope everybody enjoyed the interview. If you liked it, subscribe. Maybe even tell people about it. If you know anybody interesting, tell them to come on the show. Until next time, it's been Colin of Colin Can Help and Colin's Conversations.